When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's a it's an important skill set, but not one that everyone brings in. And I think that is one of the pieces that separates those who are really successful in this industry um, to those who, who may not rise to that level or certainly that quickly. Because it, it is, you know, I mentioned before, if you, a lot of what we deal with is very complex. And if you can't boil that down into. Welcome to Change Your Mindset podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success. And especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of different topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Happy New Year and welcome to Milk Carton Musings, aka Change Your Mindset Podcast, where comedian Peter and technologist Nick discuss the curious case of Brian and Roxanne, two individuals who seem to be missing from a carton of milk. Join us as we explore the possible reasons for their disappearance and its impact on the milk carton community. Along the way, we'll delve into the latest tech trends and share some laughs with Peter's signature brand of comedy. So grab a carton of milk and tune in for a wild ride on Milk Carton Musings. So my guest today who wrote the intro for me is Nick Lozano. And Nick is a technologist, entrepreneur, and co-host of Lead.exe podcast with Brian Comerford and John Aboon. Nick has experience working in technology and leading teams at Accenture a boutique technology consulting firm, Cornerstack, and a major trade association. Before working in technology, Nick led and managed teams in the hospitality industry. Full transparency, I wanted to get Brian Comerford and Roxanne Kaufman to join us on this episode as they have in the past. However, their schedules were extremely busy, that's according to them, and they could not fit us into their schedules. So Nick created a virtual background and put their faces on separate milk cartons with the quote, have you seen Brian? Have you seen Roxanne? 
You can see this on my YouTube channel in the coming weeks when I upload the video portion of this podcast episode. So before we get to the interview, just a few housekeeping items to take care of. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Also, please subscribe to and share this podcast episode with a friend. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and certified speaking professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on site at your location or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Nick Lozano. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's been a while since I had the pleasure of interviewing anybody. And we're going to start off this new year. We're going to start off 2023 with my friend, Nick Lozano. Now, for those of you who are listening, you will have to go out to my YouTube channel because normally we have two other guests with us, uh, Brian Comerford and Roxanne Kaufman, and they couldn't fit it into their schedule. I, I Whatever it would be, and they're busy people. You know, Nick and I apparently aren't as busy as those two guys. So um, we've got, we both have these uh, backdrops, virtual backgrounds, with milk cartons on them with the pictures of each of them, one on each carton, and it says, have you seen me? So we're looking for our two guests. We'll have to get them back on the podcast real soon, but you will get, you can officially see this on my YouTube channel. So first and foremost, Nick, thank you. Boy, thank you for making me laugh when you pop that up and taking time out of your busy day. Well, maybe not so busy day <laughs> to hang out with me. <laughs> So what I think I heard in that intro is um, I'm not as important. Um, no, no, just joking. <laughs> but no, I'm happy to be here. And like you said, uh, you know, unfortunately, Brian and Roxanne can kind of be here and we we always have a great time uh, speaking with them. But, you know, we're recording this towards the end of the year and people's schedules get crazy trying to pack everything in before the holidays. Um yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. Glad, glad to be back on the show. Thanks for having me, Peter. Oh, you're welcome, man. Um so there's a lot that's a lot been going on in both of our lives and stuff. And um, we were trying to figure out what, what to kind of discuss, discuss what it looks like going into 2023. Brian said, well, why don't you share my story? We can talk about that a little bit, too. Of I'm now at Oklahoma State University. I think if you've been listening for a while, you know that I am. I went from a 1099 person, independent contractor to an employee. Now, Nick is an employee and you've been you've been a W2 person for how long? Oh, for for as long as I can remember. But but 
uh, you know, I'm kind of a weird person. So I just always had a side hustle of some kind, whether it's like consulting or, or, you know, Brian and I started a record label. So I've got that now too. You know, I'm just kind of always dipped my toes and that that's a tough transition. I imagine it has to be for you, right? Going from a W9 and I had to give you credit being a CPA. I thought you were going to mess it up for a second there when, when you're like, I went from a W2. I was like, wait, he's been filling out the wrong forms this whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Um, so wait, 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 we, we got to take a step back. Okay. So you, you guys still have the podcast. We do. We do. Okay. Yes. And it's, it's EXE. It's a lead.exe and that stands for leadership.execute. It's a bit nerdy play on words, right? Where you run a file on a Windows machine and it's a .exe file type for execute. Okay, that, that was kind of nerdy, but that's kind of cool because, you know, accounts are nerdy as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you started a record label. Now, I'm not, I didn't, we have to talk about that. So, I mean, Nick does a lot of other stuff. He consults, but I got to know about this record label before we start talking about that other stuff. Yeah. So uh, Brian had come to me. So those of you who aren't familiar with Brian Comfort, he has been an electronic music DJ for, geez, probably like 30 years. Um, And he recently just released a record um, and we put it on our own label because Brian was like, well, I I don't want to go through all this stuff of like trying to promote it and try to get a label to sign it on and there's like marketing things and he's like what do you think about just joining up and putting it under the janitor media janitor media umbrella which is you know the llc that we formed to put our podcast in and anything else we do related to that so it's like okay let's just do that um so he released his album it is out on Bandcamp right now it's called um oh man he's gonna he's gonna kill me but he should be here it's ecstatic <laughs> cargos <laughs> um it is on Bandcamp. it is under e23 and what i will do is after this i will send the link uh we're going through the, the process right now of submitting it to itunes google play spotify and all that there's just so much archaic things that that so many weird bureaucratic archaic rules to music um like i got submissions back it's like this music has more than 15 seconds of uh dead air time at the end can you trim that so it's only 10 (laughs) (laughs) it's like all the weird things it's like one of those things where i'm like just give me all the rules written out instead of me submitting it and then finding out afterwards because of like i'm i'm an analytical guy right i'm a tech guy you're an accountant, CPA, right? Give us the rule set, right? Give us the rules we're playing with and we'll follow the rules. <laughs> well, but, I, I, guess, I guess Dave Matthews got away with that in one of his songs, You and Me. There's like a, like a 30 second dead air piece, but I guess he's Dave and he got away with that. And you guys are just- Yeah, started. exactly. You know, it it, it has its, um, yeah, it, it, it has its things. So, oh, it's it consumed by ecstatic cargoes. And so that's Brian. He's DJ E23 and Chris Mosdell, um, who is his co-host. Actually, I'll probably get this wrong, but that's why Brian should not be on a milk carton. And he should be here in front of me. Um, so Chris Mosdell, who wrote some of the lyrics, actually uh, it wrote a bunch of stuff for Japanese pop music in the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, and I believe he even had some involvement on the Thriller album as well, too. He has some musical writing credits on that. And that's, you know, Thriller is probably one of the greatest selling albums of all time that's michael jackson's thriller um if people aren't familiar with that so you guys got a record label and is it under is the record label janitor media it, uh, so that is under ronan janitor records yeah okay okay got it yeah now. 
Yeah, and um, that that was that was Brian's Brian's uh, thing. You know, I always go by the running janitor, and he's like, "I don't want to do that." Just has a good ring to it. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what what we've done, and it's, it's it's been fun, an interesting thing for me. You know, pick up something different and new. You know, a different challenge, something I've never done before. Which I'm sure you're going through some of that too, right? With being a teacher and teaching faculty and uh, making that career change, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, but but you always like to do a lot of different things. You you always try to uh, stretch yourself in, into different ways and shapes and stuff. Because like you said, you got a W two, but you you get you've got a side hustle and you've done some consulting with me to try to teach me how to use technology. Uh, I, I think he gave up. I mean, it was almost somewhat of a lost cause, but. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you must have went on your way to becoming a W two employee. So <laughs> yeah, that, that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and and in my role at at Oklahoma State, it's it's twofold. One, it's this director of the uh, School of Accounting Communication Center, which is not built, but we're in the process of building it. And the idea is to take what the university already has in writing and and, and maybe some presentation skills. At the, at the basic foundation, and usually that's what most students walk out of college with. That, but we're going to put a lot more walls, a lot more roof, and a lot more substance to it. Where we're going to go deeper into bit better business writing. We're going to go into just an example how to do a better presentation, how to set up a presentation, talk about how the, the essence of networking and emotional intelligence and negotiating, and set our students apart from other students who in the accounting profession who may go to you know, Oklahoma University, but we're gonna we're gonna be able to show on their resume that they've successfully completed this workshop and, and that those foundational skills of communication versus, well, these people over in Oklahoma don't have that. Oh, you will probably will more likely pick up to get people from OSU, that's Oklahoma State University, not the I just leave it at that. Most people who know the other OSU is just the <laughs> the yeah. The, the. You know, they tried to copyright the. Um, they did. It didn't it go is. through for them. It did go through. <laughs> oh, it did? It did go through. Oh, okay. it, went, it went through last year. Why did they give them that? Why did they give I, them? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's a great perspective that you brought in, Um, you know, of you guys are trying to take, you know, younger college age students. I guess not everybody's young who goes to college, right? I, I went to a university. Um, you know, my freshman year, I was like 25. So yeah. I was, I was an old dude, the old, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> the oldest person on earth when I'm into those classes. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I just remember learning technical things, right? Yeah. I don't remember learning about, well, you know, emotional intelligence wasn't really a thing, but right. I don't even remember learning about personality traits even, or right. how to give a, pre like I had a presentation class maybe, and I had to give one presentation, uh, I don't remember learning speaking skills, but those are the things that I always feel like are more important in business and leadership roles, right? Because anything yeah. else I can flick on YouTube or read an article or pick up a book and learn something technical. I'm not saying the technical things aren't important. They're a great foundation, a great base that you need to keep learning on, but you need to do the same thing on those those soft side skills too, right? And it's great that you guys are exposing people to that ahead of time. Yeah, and, and we are. And that's what really intrigued me about accepting this job is is that opportunity uh i've been trying to have have that impact on people who have been out in the profession probably way too long and, and some who have been out there and just have developed a lot of bad habits and, and don't have the time to think about what can i do to change the way i i am perceived what can i do to change the way i communicate 
because accountants speak in a foreign language, accounting, and they all laugh when I say that. But then I go, have you ever talked to somebody in sales and using your language and they have the deer in the headlights look and they all shake their heads because like, you speak a foreign language. Yeah. And, yeah. And, for, and for them to come out with, with the skill set, plus part of the role of the communication center is to provide feedback. Mm-hmm. which they don't get a whole lot of feedback. We, we did a, 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 a test project. Uh, one of the classes, they, they had to write this memo. And the professor said, well, I usually grade it for content. Can you grade mm-hmm. it for style and grammar and all of that? And I did a sampling. It was kind of late in the term, about 60 papers. I took about 15 of them and did a sampling of it and saw some consistencies in it and wrote, wrote a memo back to him in the proper style to give to the students and do this quick video. I went, all right, but they've never had that kind of feedback. Yeah. And I mean, especially from a tech, you know, I work in technology for people who haven't heard any of the things in the past. Um, You know, we, we deal with the same kind of thing, right? Highly technical in nature, but then you got to go speak to business leaders about something highly technical, right? Right. Leave the technical mumbo jumbo out of it. Right. It's like, I, I always like to tell people when you're presenting to people who aren't, it's not that they're technical, but you need to understand the audience you're presenting to, right? Right. And when I'm talking to non-tech people about technology things, I like to stop back and think like, how can I explain this like a five-year-old, right? Right. To, to the point where I don't need to leave the details. I need to be 10,000 feet above just so that somebody gets a concept. And sometimes analogies are great for that, mm-hmm. right? And the, the thing, I, the one I always like to use is building a house um, mm-hmm. in technology because people are like, well, can you build this app that does this for me? And it's like, well, what kind of house do you want to build, right? Because I can build any kind of house you want. Do you want a ranch? Do you want a craftsman? Um, do you do you want 7,000 square feet? Do you want 20,000 square feet? Do you want 800 square feet, right? Mm-hmm. And I give those concepts like when I'm speaking about building applications, right? We can build a website, you know, that's our smaller house. That's our ranch, right? Uh, we can build an application that talks to other applications, um, and maybe that's our twenty thousand square foot McMansion, right? <laughs> um, so I like to I like to use anal- analogies a lot when I'm talking to, you know, people who might not be in the technical domain where you're where you're the technical expert in that domain. I always find it's a good way to kind of like bring people to un- an understanding point. This is what we need, Roxanne, uh, because she, and, and I there she is. She's on the carton. Um, <laughs> she's missing. <laughs> she's missing. We, we, she, she shared with me, uh, cause I'm her virtual CFO. I, I, th- I think you knew that fractional CFO. Yep. And, and she's been looking at doing more, taking her content and going online with it, uh, uh, on demand, um, online learning. And the, they found this organization in, in Dublin, Ohio. And, and I guess they thought maybe she was too small because they had the, the, the tech person come and be the salesperson. Mm-hmm. She said she would rather scratch her eyes out. It, it, it was, yeah. he was, he was talking code. He was talking IT mumbo jumbo, like accounting mumbo jumbo. And, and she goes, well, well, I'm not doing business with them. And they even, she goes, and they even had the gall to send a proposal. <laughs> She's going, well, you didn't care enough to send your salespeople. You sent the IT person who, who probably does a really good job at what he does. Communication with the outside wasn't, part of that skill set and lost that piece of business. Oh, yeah, and, and I can believe it. And w- when you were saying that, it reminded me, a friend of mine gave me this quote. It was from, uh, I believe it's Teddy Roosevelt. It's it's nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. 
Yeah. Right. And and that's a great instance of that. Right. She could tell right away that the person speaking to her didn't really care that she didn't understand it. Right. Um, and and to me, from a sales perspective, and you know, you've done sales, right? Because you, yeah. you're W9 employee, you, you're the salesman, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh if you're not tailoring your your pitch or your presentation to your potential client, you're doing yourself a disservice. And and the same thing goes when you're um you know, an internal W2 employee and mm-hmm. you might be that accountant or that yeah. CPA and you've got to present to a different team who's not technical in that domain, you still have to sell to those people, right? And I right. think that gets lost in translation sometimes where they're like, oh, it's just it's just a conversation between the two. But sometimes you're in a selling position. You're in a presentation. You're in a pitch position, <laughs> right? Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. And, and I think most technical people unless they've had some training, they do what they see. And what they see is wrong, but they don't know that it's wrong. It's, and there's been a few instances um, recently that I've been uh, in a meeting there and I'm going, oh, there's so much consulting work with inside this building. (laughs) (laughs) But you think, I mean, these, these are, these are very smart people and they deal with lots of data and stuff, but and they're talking to mostly other smart people within the, within that know the, the knowledge, but some of us don't. And when they get out of this and they speak at conferences, I mean, you, you attend a lot of conferences, and, you, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and anymore, they all, it's all pretty much the same thing. It's just technical, technical, bad PowerPoint slides. And every now and then you'll get someone who's got some, some humor to them or sort of knows how to do a presentation. They go, wow, this was fun. Uh, <laughs> the others have just been, and, and but you just got to want to do it, I, I, I guess. Yeah, like you're saying, you have to care, right? Yeah. You have to care about who you're presenting to, taking the time to to understand your audience that you're speaking to, right? And especially when it's a it's a paying gig, right? You're getting being paid to go speak somewhere to someone. Yeah. I feel like you owe it to them to understand who the audience is, to try to interact, to try to engage with them, to try to find points that connect with them. Um, I, it, when I present, I always love using humor. That's just yeah. who I am. I mean, you see my ridiculous LinkedIn content sometimes where I have a poll as <laughs> a hot dog, a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> um, that's right. I love that and, one. Yeah. And somebody got one. mad at me. They're like, you're ruining LinkedIn. But I'm like, you know what? If we were here in an office together, we would talk about those things anyways. So right. how's this any different? But, um, I digress, but I'm the type of person I always try to in- inject humor because when you you go to those presentations, sometimes I feel like that gets people moving, right? Mm -hmm. You you make a joke or I like to make dad jokes, right? So (laughs) I'd say, you know, like what what did one Dorito say to the other Dorito? What? Cool ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, just, just crazy things. I'll look at my slides if I'm running behind. I'm like, oh yeah, all that's true. That's true. Next slide. Um, You know, and I feel like it's it's more about understanding your audience and and you know feeding off of that and that's where I think it's great exposing people earlier to that because they get to practice where where this situation is not as high stakes right you're just doing it with your peers everybody's learning together we're giving constructive feedback and anyone who who didn't have this opportunity I'd also recommend like a Toastmasters too yes is a great place to kind of dip your feet if you're already a professional um, maybe mid level manager it's a great way to kind of hone your speaking skills. Yeah. I, 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 we, we, I do tell audiences that that's why, that's why I started cutting my teeth in this, in this whole presentation world. Um, 
the aspect of, of giving these students the opportunity to want to fail, to be critiqued, to think differently. So to learn more about the audience and, and how to tailor a technical presentation to that audience through stories and metaphors or whatever, I, I think it, it, put, it sets them out there on the right foot and differentiates them tremendously from those within the firm, within the, within the company, within the accounting department, as well as those who, uh, when they're getting hired, from other schools that they're the first ones to wow these guys are coming up with this foundation we need we need to bring more people in from oklahoma state university and that's the, that's the goal is help these kids become better these students these young adults to become better in their communication skills and their communication journey put them three or four years ahead of where they would be coming out if they didn't have this and just make them more competitive and successful that's amazing I, in my opinion, I, I like you brought up that point of failure, right? Give them the opportunity to fail. Yeah. Um, and that, that's always something people say in tech, they're like, fail fast and fail often. Yeah. And I also say, you know, you can't forget about one other part of failure, right? Is the learning aspect that comes from that. If you're just constantly failing and you're not learning the lesson somewhere in between there, um, you're you're kind of wasting <laughs> wasting your time failing, right? You, you have to stop and think like, okay, what what happened here? that messed up and how can I learn from that to never do that again? And I know, I know I've done that in my professional life. Mm -hmm. I've mistakenly deleted a database of users and I'm like, well, you know, uh, my lesson is to make sure I'm in the right database when I run that code <laughs> and I will never do that again. Um, so, and that brings me like one of leadership principles I always like to do is when, when I am working with new team members, I roll somebody on is I often like to tell them about the stuff I messed up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it, it, it helps make a human connection and, and makes them know like, you know, hey, you're going to mess up and you're going to fail. And that's fine. Mm. Um, that's that's what we're here for. I'm here to support you. Um, the, the key principle we need to learn here is to learn from that mistake, to take some take something out of it so we don't make that mistake again. Someone told me this, took the word fail and turned it into an acronym. First attempt in learning. Yep, and that has stuck with me. And it's it, make the mistake. You're not going to be criticized. Hopefully, you're not criticized or humiliated or anything like that. Talk it through. Figure out what you did wrong, and then just move forward and don't do it again. But feedback. So I I, I have in my classes I have TAs because I have a class of 150 and another class of 68. And, I, and you I wanted, can't manage that all yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Some days I know, God, no, I can't. Some days I could, but that's usually on a day that I'm not in class. <laughs> and I wanted to get the TAs involved to lead the class. I asked this one student and she said, sure. And she kind of, and this was like, this was like maybe three hours before class. I went kind of see how she would react. She reacted perfectly, got there and, and she started doing a presentation and she was behind the podium and couldn't see her, but I could see her. And she was literally hugging herself. And um, she would, and then she would ask a question and then, or ask a question, try to get a response about one beat would go by and she would lean into it. So afterwards I just took her aside. I said, look, did a great job. A couple of things about the hugging. And I said, let a pause hang out there for a bit until somebody says something. She took it personally. And I had I had to follow up with her the next day. I, I heard through through the student grapevine, and I followed up with her the next day. I said, "Look, I made all the, to your point. I made all these mistakes. You don't know any different. 
All I'm trying to, all I'm trying to do is help you to, so you can do be better at it. And by the way, you did a really good job for being thrown into the fire. So first and foremost, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm here to provide you feedback as the director of the communication center, even though I'm teaching this class, that's still one of my roles. Ask for help. I, I, I keep telling you, just call me in. I'll, I'll sit and watch you guys and give, I, I will give you constructive feedback. It's not personal. And we'll just only help make you feel better. And if you'd rather not me do it, then video yourself and watch yourself. Uh, uh, Professor Margaret, we'd rather you come in. I hate watching myself. <laughs> I think that's a great point, right? That you brought up is the ability to take feedback, right? Don't don't be one of those people like, oh, I, I'll take feedback, but I only want positive feedback, right? Right? Um, and that, like, when you run into that as a leader, it's like, okay, well, we need to just have a conversation here that this is just constructive criticism. You can either take it or not, or leave it, but right. this is not attack on you personally. You're trying to help raise them up so that they can be better than where they are now. And and especially things with like that speaking, it's so easy to be stuck in that moment and not realize that you're doing things right. or rambling or doing the ums and the ahs. Everybody does that at some point. But but you know, the, it's easier to get those things if either somebody watch it, is watching you or you go back and watch the video yourself. And I, I will say one way to get good at speaking is what we're doing right here. It's just having a podcast. If you go back and listen to my first episode with Brian, it is absolutely horrible. It is. Sorry, Brian, you're not here, but you know my feelings on this. It is an absolute horrible train wreck of us talking over each other. But it, over time, this has just helped me hone in on my communication skill, my style, which has then allowed me to then hone in on speaking in public because I'm used to it now. It's just something I do. And like you said, before we got on here, like, how long can we talk? I was like, well, we've got 55 minutes. I could talk for all 55 of those if you would like. <laughs> so practice, practice, failure, failure, like you said, is your first attempt at learning. Absolutely. And it's it's something that, that that's been that's been fun to enter. I, 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 I love the, stu the students. I got great students. They're, they're really nice. And and the faculty uh, have been very welcoming. The university has been very welcoming. But two big things in this transition. I've been a Mac guy for 15 to 20 years. I'm a Windows guy now. You see these 10 fingers? They're mm -hmm. 10 thumbs. The first three months, these were 10 <laughs> thumbs. Well, okay, no, let's rephrase that. They were eight thumbs. Two fingers were working really well a lot when I kept getting mad at what I was just stumbling over. It was it, it was it was <laughs> frustrating. And, and I'll be completely vulnerable here. I, I have not really used Excel in 12 years, 13 years. Mm -hmm. And I was I was doing the homework assignment. So I know what they were the, the students had to do. And there was this Excel spreadsheet that I had to turn into a graph. It took me two hours and it was four columns and four rows of data. It, it took me two hours. I was on YouTube. I couldn't figure it out and finally figured it out. And I went, well, there's two hours. That was actually well spent because it frustrated me to the point that I realized my skills are really, really weak and I've got, I've got to hone them up. That's, that's fine. But calendar hijacking is probably my just biggest, you know, all of a sudden I've got, the, I've got the day available and oh, I, how did this get on my calendar? Oh, it's a meeting. Oh, I probably should attend, but 
Yeah, that's that calendar hijacking is real. You know, I'd, I'd like to make a point here real quick before we go to that, but it was something mm-hmm. else you said is about that Excel sheet, right? Yeah. And I, I always like to use things like that as a great example, a great reminder to have a beginner's mindset, right? It's really easy to be an expert in something and forget what it's like to be new at something. Yeah. Um, and what you just had was a feeling of being a beginner. Um, yeah. And all you have to do is keep that memory with you when you're making content or course stuff for students and remember that moment, what it was like to be brand new and not forget that, you know, there's, there's points where you might need to explain stuff more and make sure that somebody understands something that might be inherent to you. Um, so I, I will leave that as a little nugget of what, what you just said that's, to me there. That's such a great point because there's a lot of things that I've done this first semester that's been new a new learning management system a new class a new textbook a new a new way of looking at accounting and new faculty members new everything and it really i felt like i got all thumbs and no feet but and people would say how are you doing well i'm, I'm drinking out of a high pressure fire hose here it's really kind of about the beginning of right before thanksgiving that that fire hose started to slow down a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot as frustrated I was for three months. I'm a lot more confident in what I'm doing. But man, that was a rough three months. But you'll always have that now, right? Because yeah. the the LMS, which is a learning management system for people who don't know, um, colleges use them, universities and corporate organizations use them to do content and tests and stuff yeah. like that. But to my point, it's like you know your students experience that as well too, right? Oh yeah, they come in straight off the street. They're at a high school, who knows if they use a learning management system or not, uh, or if they even used Excel. Uh, there's so many high schools and lower education where Google just basically gives them so much stuff for free that it's easy for a school system just to be on Google, like yeah. Google Sheets yeah. and all that. So it's it's a great, and like I said, it's a great reminder to remember what it's like being new in that environment because you're going through it now as faculty, yeah. not as a student, but you're using the same things that the students are going to yeah. use. Yep. And, and this class is by way for, for sophomores. I have a few freshmen in the class and, and, and I, I try to find out who they are early and just go, okay, we're learning, especially this term, we're learning this together. I'm, I'm a, I'm a freshman here too. And just not, not, not a, not a student, not a student. No, <laughs> this is my first time <laughs> teaching here at this university. So don't feel, don't be afraid to ask questions. I like that. So <laughs> funny thing, I'll I'll leave it. So when I had um a professor, I was like, hey, what's he my stats professor or something like our business calculus? Um, and we all go in the room. He's a younger looking guy like me um at the time. And he's just sitting down in the room. It's the first day of class. And like <laughs> obviously you don't know what the teacher looks like. And he's just sitting in the room and he's like, you know, this guy's sitting there and he's like, you know, what how long before the professor not shows up? Can we just go home? And uh, this guy just keeps talking. He's like, oh, you know, like, I think we should all just go home. Should we take a vote on just all going home? Uh, And uh, he's like, has anybody seen this professor? And this is before, you know, like everybody had Facebook and whatever. And you could look anybody up. And, you know, he takes a vote. He's like, okay, we should all go home. And everyone's like, are you sure? You think the professor will know? And he's like, I don't know. Let me ask him. And he turns around, he puts a hat on. He's like, what do you think? Do you think we should go home? And then he stands up. He's like, hi, I'm professor, like such and such. Um, <laughs> he's like, I know I look like I'm 17, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was a great reminder, great icebreaker. And the class just instantly felt 
you know, like really close to him. Like, yeah. he, like he, you know, like he used humor as an icebreaker um, to connect with his audience. And I know, I know you're big on that too. Well, I, what I do with these guys is there's this class has a really bad reputation around the, around the university or out in business school because it's accounting. It's hard. It's different from the others. However, I came in, I said, okay, I know what you've heard about this class, but here's the, here's the positive thing. You're taking financial and managerial accounting merged together for a semester versus having to take each individually for a semester each. So you got a semester that you don't have to really deal with accounting. That's the upside. And then I went, and this is your first entry into accounting. So I have my juggle, I brought my juggling balls with me. And I says, anybody juggle? They went, nobody juggling. So I, I threw them and they all fell to the ground. Oh, God. I, and I did it again. And I think after the third time, I went, this is how you can feel the first two weeks. You're learning how to juggle and you're not going to juggle well. And it's going to be very new. And then I started juggling and then dropping them juggling and dropping. So by the end of the term, you should be able to keep most of the balls up in the air as long as you've been coming to class and doing all the right things. If you haven't been, you'll still be dropping the balls all the time. And that story, that intro got around the business college almost immediately. I had a few people stop by and go, are you the juggling professor? <laughs> uh, yes, I, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. But that helped connect them with me. And, 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 you know, and that's, I'm actually finally that my guitar, I'm finally learning how to play the guitar. Started December 1st, I'm taking online lessons. And I'm thinking about the very first class of the spring term is taking my guitar in. Yeah. I just, I just started learning this back on December 1st. And this is all I could get and see how far I can improve by the time the end of the term shows up. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah just, yeah, just just trying different things like that because it's all about the audience, right? Yeah, it, it is. And whether you're presenting, like we said, externally or or internally, it's it's understanding who you're speaking to, right? Absolutely. Um, so I guess we're not going to talk about too much about 2023 because we're getting close to being out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian and Raxanne might be better for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they tend to pontificate a little bit more. Whoops, that came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Brian just sounds like a late night radio DJ anyways. So, you know, yeah. it'd probably be more soothing coming from, from, from his voice. From his voice. I, just, I looked, I, I said, I looked right at you. I looked over there and I went, oh, that's Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that is Brian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so what, what's on your radar for, for this next year? If you have like one goal you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think one goal that I'm trying to achieve is just, um, you know, trying to figure out something more to do with this record label thing, right? It's it's okay. more of a, a challenge for me, something that I've never attempted. And like like you're juggling balls, right? That's yeah. what I'm doing right now. I don't know how to juggle these balls. Um, so I'm trying to, to get more into that. And I think Brian wants to do another release of some of his old catalog content. Okay. Um, so I'm just taking some of the skills I have and seeing if I can adapt them here somewhere else uh that's okay. one thing i always think is great about learning right you can always take something you've learned somewhere else and find a way to adapt it in another domain yeah yeah that's 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 cool that's cool i haven't quite figured out what what mine is i mean i i, I am going to learn how to play the guitar i've been threatening it for a number of years uh i was i'm going to stick with it um 
I don't know. Last year was there was a lot of firsts. There was a lot of things. There was a lot of a lot of picking up and moving to a state out of Ohio that I I guess I have to go to the states to have O's in them now. I guess maybe Oregon <laughs> will be maybe Oregon or Oregon State University will be my next. Um, and just kind of re you know assimilating to an area that I have really didn't know much about. And I I think this next year I want to get to know Oklahoma better because I think it's probably the worst kept secret or no the best kept secret that's right out there it's i don't know i, I i've come i've come to really like this area enjoy it enjoy the people and uh but i want to explore it more and i i did not know this prior to getting here but a section of route 66 goes through oklahoma oh and i'm taking some time off at the beginning of the year and i'm going to go go through route 66 and stop and see the big blue whale and find some funky uh, restaurant and just kind of, I've always wanted to do that, but I, I never thought, I didn't really realize it came through, through Oklahoma. So I'm going to be doing that just to, I'm going to do next year's going to be more about exploring. You know, I like, I like that uh, idea. And there was this guy I heard years ago, I know we're kind of on time, but uh, Alistair Humphreys, he had this book about micro adventures Um, and he's like, you know, people, always talk about they don't have enough time to have an adventure he's like if you work nine to five think about the adventure you can have on the off time from you know six to eight a.m what mini adventure can you have inside of there like you said part of route 66 go find that see if you can fit something in make sure you make that time for yourself to do something fun and interesting exactly right it it goes to missouri comes through tulsa and it goes south into oklahoma city uh stillwater is about an hour north east of oklahoma city and about an hour west of tulsa uh so we're just outside of that but i don't care and that might be something i won't do between six and eight but weekend trips once i once again yep. once kind of get this all figured out um and and by the way i'm closer now to denver than ever before and apparently the real estate mogul's got some places we need to get the gang together <laughs> in Denver at one of his Airbnbs. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Last time I talked to Brian, he was like vacuuming one of his Airbnbs. I'm like, are you vacuuming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, buddy, thank you for taking time out. It's always a blast talking with you. And it's even funnier when we can have fun at their expense. there you go thanks for having me on peter all right buddy you take care i would like to thank nick for his time knowledge thoughts humor and therapy about being a w-2 employee for the first time in 12 years and always remember there are people who prefer to say yes and there are people who prefer to say no those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain be a yes person and thank you for listening Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.